How you doing, everybody? The Jet Comic Podcast Network. Welcome to Sports Cars, a podcast where Chicago sports broadcasting pioneer and a national legal expert get into the legal goings of sports. And now your hosts, Chet Kopik and Lester Munson. Sports Court time. How you doing, everybody? I'm Chet Kopik. Welcome once again as we join ESPN legal analyst Lester Munson. I'm Chet Kopik as we examine what's going on in the Smokeville rooms with the games people play. Sports Court brought to you by John Coyne's American Taxi, Chicago's premier suburban taxi service. For you people in the suburbs, there's only one way to go. When you're thinking about O'Hare Field or Midway or maybe that trip downtown for a Blackhawk or Bulls game, always think about American Taxi. Lester, right off the top, you've dealt with the guy for uh, years. Don Fear, former head of the uh, Major League Baseball Players Association. Brand new angle. Uh, he hooks up with the National Hockey League players. How soon will Don Fear seek to have the salary cap destroyed? He uh, he is there really for one purpose, uh, and that is to fight the salary cap. Uh, these hockey players have had a very bad time uh, finding leaders for the union. They had one good one, Paul Kelly, and for some reason, right here in Chicago, one morning, 3 o'clock in the morning in August, uh, they decided to fire him. I'm still not sure what happened. Mm-hmm. They did an investigation of it. Nobody will give it to us, including Donald Fear. I don't know what happened. But somehow, Fear has decided he's interested in a second act. Uh, he has never worked with a salary cap in his life. His career is devoted to fighting off a salary cap. The owners in the National Hockey League did a lockout to get a salary cap, a lockout of an right. entire season, so it's pretty important to them. So this is when this contract expires in about a year and a half, this is going to be a real battle. Fear is working with a salary cap, something he's never done before. There's going to be some steroid issues, something that he has not distinguished himself on. Here's a guy that I think is probably the most brilliant, easily the most articulate guy I've met in the world of sports, but he's got himself some challenges right now. Lester, when it comes to steroids, if uh, Don Fear were to tragically die tonight in a car wreck, how long would his obit take before the fact would be brought up that uh, Don Fear is head of the uh, Major League Baseball Players Union, vehemently fought Bud Selig over the issue of steroids? That would be in the first paragraph of the lead. It would He was one of the people who contributed to what we now call routinely the steroid era in baseball. Mm-hmm. He he misread that situation from the beginning. He somehow thought using steroids was like drug addiction or alcoholism. It was a form of disease. He didn't understand it was a form of cheating. If it's a disease, you treat it. If it's a cheating, you punish it. He never could make that distinction until it was almost too late. And finally... After all that testing they did in 2003, he agreed to have some testing, and now we have the 50-game ban and the other things that are in the deal. Uh, Let me ask you about uh, Mark McGuire. If you were a member of the Baseball Writers of America, given the fact that uh, uh, Mark spent last year with the St. Louis Cardinals and Tony La Russa as a hitting coach, he now, in theory, is somewhat, shall we say, back in good graces with uh, Bud Selig and Major League Baseball. If you had a vote for the Hall of Fame, would you reconsider the issue of uh, implementing McGuire into uh, Cooperstown? No, I uh, I would not be interested in voting for Mark McGuire for Cooperstown. 
I'm a Cub fan. I loved watching Sammy Sosa hit home runs. I wouldn't vote for him either because we do know that there is something artificial, something contrived, something wrong with those numbers, with those records. And as far as I'm concerned, Bonds, McGuire, and Sosa, and probably Alex Rodriguez, amazingly, are not going to be in the Hall of Fame if I'm voting. Now, I'm going to walk into this in kind of a roundabout way. Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, Alex Rodriguez, something has transpired as a result. We have brand new news regarding the so-called steroid era. We do. The, uh, the, the, the Baseball Players Union, now under the leadership of Michael Weiner, they are claiming victory in a massive litigation over the test results from the pilot program of 2003. This is a program where the Baseball Union agreed to have testing as long as it would be anonymous and nobody who had a positive test would ever be reported. Mm -hmm. They went through the whole drill, and then the union, instead of destroying the tests, as it was supposed to do under Donald Fear and Eugene Orza, they let the tests sit in the laboratories in California and in Nevada, and the government came in, grabbed them all, used them in the Belco investigation, and during that time we had the reports of David Ortiz, Sammy Sosa, Manny Ramirez, Alex Rodriguez, all testing positive during the year 2003. So it was a fiasco for the union, a real mess, and yet they now, the other day, they issue a press release saying, well, we have now achieved victory. The court system has said they must destroy the test, something the players were supposed to have done six years ago. Very obvious question. Given the fact that you and I began talking about this about seven years ago, we both thought he was going down. Is Barry Bonds laughing at legal authorities? Uh, If he isn't, uh, somebody should explain it to him, and he would be, because (laughs) um, the perjury case is coming up in March. Uh, I have been in discussions with our group at ESPN, and we are all— of the opinion that in various shades of this opinion that the government is going to have a very, very difficult time uh, proving that case. Uh, Mark Fainer-Ruwada, who wrote the book on the Balco scandal, Roger Kosak, my fellow legal analyst at ESPN, we are all of the opinion that the government is going to have all sorts of problems because the trainer, Greg Anderson, refuses to testify for the government. He's standing in the corner of his pal and his client and his customer, Barry Bonds. In your wildest dreams, can you visualize uh, Roger Clemens winning in court? No. No. Clemens is up against a totally different case. Uh, there he's got Pettit, who will testify against him, Knobloch, and, of course, McNamee, the personal trainer, who is testifying against him. Uh, if Clemens is paying attention and thinking clearly, and he is not doing either one of those right now, he would be trying to negotiate a plea. He has a great lawyer in Rusty Harden. The problem is he doesn't listen to him, and there's going to be a trial, and he is going to have a humiliating defeat. All right, if you were Rusty Harden and you— um could pull Roger Clemens aside right now, what would you advise him to do by way of a settlement? I would suggest to uh, Roger Clemens, if I were Rusty Harden, that we've got a hot stove here. We have no way to get out from under it. We've got to do something. And if the government would consider 30 or 60 days in jail in return for a guilty plea, he should take it. He should take it and run. I don't expect that to happen, but that would be 
the best outcome Roger Clemens could ever have in this situation. In 60 days with good behavior, he'd be out in about uh, 40, 45 days. He would lose no voting rights. Um, he would almost be, as they uh, say with uh, uh, the boys in the joint, be like standing on your head. It would be like standing on your head. The, there's, that's a different term in hockey, of course. But the, the, uh, in the joint, yes, it would be like standing on his head. He could probably do it and not – going to jail is much more miserable than we can imagine. Pete Rose uh, proved all of that. But, the yeah, he could do it and, and do it with ease. But that's not what he's going to do. He's going to try the case, and then he's going to face the wrath of a judge – who who has spent three weeks of his time on an, a case with an obvious outcome, and the judge is not going to be happy. His name is Walton. He could do some hard time. So, theoretically, if indeed legal authorities prevail over Roger Clemens, which you're obviously predicting right now, would you be surprised if he does more than one year of jail time? No. Uh, he could easily do a year or two. Keep in mind, Michael Vick, 23 months on a case in which some dogs were hurt, but that was about it. Here we have a guy who lied to the United States Congress, Mm -hmm. and we have a federal judge whose salary and pension are dependent upon the United States Congress, a judge who can be very tough in his sentencing, this guy, uh, Reggie Walton. So, yeah, he could do a year or two years. Why haven't we as a public come down on Rafael Palmero for his blatant lie? to the uh, Congressional Committee about uh, steroid use when he pointed his finger and looked so uh, uh, so strong and so mighty and said, uh, I have never used steroids. And we were all, at that time, shouting Hosanna, Hosanna for, right. for Rafael Palmera when we should have been shouting, you know, liar, liar. I, I, you know, I'm not sure. There were technical problems making a case against him. They never really had a chance to charge him with a crime. But... I, I don't think he's going anywhere in terms of his reputation either. He, if he were ever a candidate for the Hall of Fame, you can forget about that. I'm not sure he was anyway. Um, but you're right. He seems to have slipped under the radar when we've got people like Clemens and Bonds, super mega stars of the game. Palmiro kind of slips along uh, in the shadows. How long will it take before the NFL players back down and realize they're going to have to live with an 18-game schedule? Because these guys cannot walk away from the dough. Their lifestyles are too exorbitant. They're going to have a real tough decision to make there, Chet. I I don't know what they're going to do. I know the player representatives are in agony over this. I know that the leadership of the union is agonizing over this. They know it's a very dangerous idea, and yet you're right. They have careers that last only four years. Are they going to give up a whole season to try to have a 16-game season instead of an 18-game season. The owners are hell-bent on this. They're ready to lock them out, and the players, are they've got some very big decisions to make. You know what's funny about this, Lester, to me is uh, years ago, the first time I talked about an 18-game schedule was with Hank Stram about 1983 or 84. Wow. He was really, I mean, he was really an advocate of 18-2, and two, but the game was significantly slower. The game was uh, not played with athletes nearly as big as we have on uh, the turf today. You play 18-2 and two today with a 50-man active game day roster. By game 15, half your roster is going to be beat to hell. I don't have any doubt about it, and you're going to have to carry four or five quarterbacks. I mean, if, if, Without if, question. If you're going to be throwing the ball 30 You'll have to have two emergency quarterbacks. That's right. That's right. Because uh, look what happened to Favre in the Bear game. Um Here's a guy who's indestructible. Even he uh, ends up with a concussion. 
if, if they're going to enforce rules on concussions and they're going to play 18 games, you're, you're going to have to have a roster of 60 people. I heard a conversation today about, well, will Brett Favre play again this year? For heaven's sakes, if I'm Ziggy Wolf and I own the Vikings or I'm Leslie Frazier, the head coach, I'm going to come out and tell the press under no circumstances will this guy play again, at least not for this club. No. I, I cannot imagine he's going to play again. Frazier is trying to keep the job. He's got to look at Webb. He's got to look at uh, who do they have? Ramsey, the other quarterback. Ramsey, yeah. And um, they've got to look at the draft luster. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, it sure looks like it to me. But uh, Andrew Luck suddenly looks very attractive to that ball club. Yeah, yeah. We shall see. But I, I don't think that the players in eighteen games. It, it, it's a terrible conflict for them. It's dangerous. Uh, at the same time. They, they, they want to play. They need to play. This is what they do. Th- th- this is a tough choice. He is Lester Munson. I'm Chet Coppock. This has been Sports Court. Sports Court, of course, brought to you. Thank you, Dan. Sports Court, of course, brought to you by American Taxi, Chicago's premier suburban taxi service. We thank our good friend uh, John Coyne. You people in the burbs, whether it's Kenilworth, Arlington Heights, Glen Ellen, whatever the case may be, always rely on the comfort, reliability, safety, and low, low prices of American Taxi. We'll catch you next time around. So long, everybody.